And it's that time again, everyone's favorite time of the week. Welcome back to the podcast. Oi, that was a good movie, bruv. <laughs> the conversational podcast for two indie filmmakers talk about what we consider to be underappreciated movies. My name is John Vickles. I'm a Los Angeles-based filmmaker. I am Osvaldo Cuevas, and I am a Chicago-based filmmaker. Via via England, via Britain. Yeah, via, apparently. with that horrible accent. <laughs> it's hard to say, oh yeah, in a... In an English accent. Yeah. Why are we talking about English accents, British accents, specifically South London? John, tell them why. Today we're talking about the 2011 space sci-fi horror comedy, Attack <laughs> the Block. Yeah. 2011's Attack the Block. Nice. Uh, written and directed by Joe Cornish, which was his, actually his first feature film. Did you know yep. that? Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd done a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. He's involved in like the Simon Pegg, uh, Edgar Wright camp, so... A lot of BTS stuff for them, some videos, stuff like that. Definitely shows. Yeah, it definitely has that feel to it. Wrote and directed this movie. Uh, he's also written uh, The Adventures of Tintin, and he wrote Ant-Man. Do you know that with uh, Paul Rudd? Like, No. Yeah, huh. he wrote the Ant-Man for, for Marvel. I don't know if he wrote the sequel or not. but Adventures of Tintin, Steven Spielberg? I think so, yeah. I think it oh, was wow. that. The animated movie, that right? That animated movie, yeah. That shit was cool. That was actually pretty good. I don't know was if you got a chance to see no, it. Yeah. I didn't see it. Uh, it was not. Not something that was interesting to me in the least bit. <laughs> but yeah, 2001's Attack the Block, 6.6 on IMDb, 75% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Does that make it fresh? I guess it's fresh. I guess that would be certified fresh. Critic score was like 90%, but you can never trust the critic score. Hmm. Um, I'm unless DB, they're talking about this movie. Unless they're talking about this movie. <laughs> the IMDb synopsis, a teen gang in South London defend their block from an alien invasion. I mean, pretty straightforward. I mean, I guess that's what it's about. But uh, it's so much more than that. That's right. Uh, starring John Boyega as Moses. Of course, he went on to play Finn from Star Wars, the uh, the final three Star Wars. He's in The w- Woman King. He's in Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, but Finn is really his, like, this was kind of his breakout role that led him into that. Uh, also starring Jodie Whittaker, who was the female Doctor Who. I didn't realize that when I was watching it. I'm not, I've never actually watched Doctor Who, so I don't know much about it. But I know there was a big, uh, I don't know, like, nerd controversy about there being yeah a, that just a happened female recently, doctor right? or yeah i mean she was she played the doctor from um 2017 until i guess 2022 i don't know if she ended her run but there was a lot of controversy in that scene because i guess they like retconned a lot of the story or i i, I don't know that's not that's not my world so i don't want to speak too much on it but um yeah i know a lot of people were unhappy with the latest incarnation of doctor who which i guess was starring uh, jody whittaker Hmm. I feel like every time there's a new Doctor Who, people are upset. Yeah, it's so. like a new James Bond where people are just they go yeah. crazy, like, "Oh no, I can't have we can't have Daniel Craig play James Bond." It's like, why not? He's a handsome dude. He's British. What else do you want? We want him to be handsomer and Britisher, way more British. Yeah, and also um, a bunch of bunch of first time actors, bunch of young actors. The biggest other notable name would be Nick Frost from Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Paul. You know, regular collaborator with Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. The great Nick Frost playing a kind of a small, I guess, I wouldn't say a cameo role, but whatever's right above a cameo, you know. It was more like, can you please do this for me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, I got <laughs> yeah. you, homie. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, he needed that. We needed that face, a recognizable face on the cover, basically. Yeah, exactly. Brought up the value. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just just for the box cover so people will mm-hmm. watch it. Budget of $13 million, which actually seemed a little low to me. I thought it would have been higher than that. A worldwide gross of only six million, so a bit of a financial failure there for the studio for 
uh, Young Joe Cornish. However, it Yikes. really picked up. Yeah, it really picked up steam on DVD and VOD afterwards. Like that's when I first heard of it. Was uh, a friend of mine recommend? I, I worked with a guy who was like, "I saw this crazy movie. It's really, really good." Da da da. You know. So I ended up checking it out on DVD. So nice. Yeah. When was the first yeah, time think, you saw it? I think it was the same thing. Um, it must have come in uh, like a preview before one of the other movies I rented, mm-hmm. and uh, I just put added to my Netflix list. I just remember getting that Netflix disc and popping it in and just being blown away. Yeah, I might have, you know what? I'm, it might have been a Netflix, when Netflix still had discs too, I might have been a rental. Yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly, but I do remember the guy who I worked with recommending it. Nice. Yeah. I was, I was uh, surprised because I just saw the preview and it looked out of this world. E. E. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you recommended this movie, so you're obviously a big fan of it. Yes. Yeah. So I watched it once and we were talking, my wife and I were talking about it recently and we're like, oh, we should watch it again. And I was like, oh, perfect. This see, like, this is a, <laughs> this, this show is such a perfect excuse to rewatch something that, that you liked. And I was worried that it wouldn't hold up. Okay. Um, I don't know what you're feeling. I'll ask your feelings in a little bit, but I was actually preferred it this, this viewing even more. Like there was so much more that I got, so much more that I saw, so much more that I appreciated now mm-hmm. that I'm older, I guess. Uh, but it was, it was, it's a great fucking movie. So good. Okay. Yeah. So what is your opinion on it? Here's the thing. I, I always remember liking this movie more than I do. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I always be like, yeah, man, attack the block. And then I watch it and I'm like, yeah, attack the block. You know, it's it's fine. <laughs> it, I definitely liked it more. Like, I agree with you. I liked it more this time than I think I liked it last time. Because uh, as I was watching, I was like, yeah, I, actually, you know what? I don't think I really liked this movie. Like, it was okay, but it wasn't amazing. You know, first-time director. I didn't know any of that at the time. You know, young mm-hmm. cast. Uh, but it's good, but it's not great. Uh, I think, though, that a lot of it is just because I can't really identify with these characters very much. Meaning, like, I'm not... Like, it's a very it's a very location-specific movie. Like, South London... A government like high rise, a government like I don't want to say a a, a project, but it's kind of what it is. I, I think things work a little different in England. I've never been to England, so I don't know anything about it. Uh, well, as far these, as these buildings are located like in a very nice area with a lot of poor people living in there, because basically they are subsidized. So yeah. there are a lot of lower income families like living in these tiny little apartments, all crunched up together, surrounded by people who can actually afford to live in the city, like affluent, make a lot more stuff. money. Yeah. yeah. So there's a huge contrast between being close to the block and then just, you know, a couple blocks away from it. A couple blocks away from the block? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what they refer when they say the block, they're referring to their like housing complex, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think that because, I mean, I didn't grow up in a housing complex. I didn't grow up in South London. I think that a lot of it was lost on me as a American. You know what I mean? I know that at the time there was, it was kind of a... Um, what Cornish was doing was he was kind of making a commentary on how kids were viewed in that society at the time. So the hoodies, the mopeds, like that kind of stuff, like that was a big, uh, like there was a lot of, there was a lot of negative connotations that came with all that stuff. So he like just leaned into it really hard. But as an American, big sure we wear hoodies. I don't never knew a motherfucker who had a moped, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was, he was designing that, as a as a criticism of how the powers in England at the time and probably currently still viewed like this generation of lost and forgotten kid. 
Now, I mean, obviously, we all have different histories growing up, and we can all identify with that with that concept of you know being kind of forgotten or neglected or feel like you're not worth anything um, by the powers that be. But then the very I would just say like location specific stuff was lost on me because it was just stuff I didn't I didn't know I wasn't familiar with. So I'm never in in a hundred million years ever ever suggesting they do an American version of this, <laughs> but that. I would probably be able to relate more to an American version than the British version. But that's just one of those things that like some directors do. Like Guy Ritchie was really famous for that in his early movies of like, look, I'm in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. He's like, look, I'm not going to Americanize the vernacular or the situations. Like this is going to be a very British movie. And I think this was a very British movie. And it's good, but it just, I think because it was so British and some of the the situations, the the slang, the symbolisms like that, was lost on me. Did you figure out a lot of the stuff like afterwards doing research on, on the film? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like what I was saying last week, uh, where I was like, I kind of like it more after I watched it. Cause I actually did spend a bit of time like researching like what this was about, like what, what he was trying to say with this. Um, Cause it could be, you could easily dismiss this as like, Oh, it's like a stupid sci-fi comedy. And it's like, well, it's, it's not, there's a lot more than that. I mean, even, even if you just look at the fact that they named this the the John Boyega character Moses, I think was super like that was the first thing where I was like, oh, I want to look into what he's trying to say here because you have Moses and he's like the leader of this little gang of ruffians, but like obviously biblically Moses had to like lead his people and you know like yeah. so I was like okay, well there's obviously something more going on here and that's when I started to kind of look into it and see what I think they were trying to say with this. Yeah, um, I found. I mean, obviously, yeah, I, I didn't grow up in South London or anything like that, but I did find a lot of it, even just like, because they outlawed during this time hoodies, like you couldn't wear hoodies in the mall. Yeah, I remember same sort of thing here in Chicago. You couldn't wear like certain hoodies, certain colors. You couldn't be in a group of five. Like everything yeah. was, oh, they're a gang. You can't do that. You can't do this because you're part of a gang. And it just, I, felt, I found that pretty relatable growing up. Like I remember yeah. drawing Batman cartoons with my friend who was white and I get pulled in because I'm drawing gang tattoos <laughs> <laughs> and my buddy, he's fine. He's totally cool because yeah. he's drawing comic book characters, even though we're drawing like the same thing. The same thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's like all these, like you, you just get pinned as being something you're not. And I think these kids are growing up in this, this neighborhood and the introduction of them is super risky. I thought, and also mm -hmm. like incredibly like, worth the payoff like worth it because the whole like save the cat thing where you start off with your hero and he saves the cat for those that don't know there's a book called save the cat and one of the one of the, the what is it what would you say one of the theories is that you have your character save somebody or do something good to automatically make them likable yeah 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 the first the, one of the first things you do is you have to essentially they call it save the cat because you have to have your hero save the cat and that, that way you know who the good guy is immediately mm -hmm. you know it's like uh I went, I went and saw like a bunch of like like little people wrestlers one time i don't want to say the m word but you know what i mean like a bunch of little people were wrestling and we didn't know who they were so like as soon as they like walked into the ring like one guy would like walk out and like he would give the crowd the finger it's like okay he's the bad guy you know what i mean yeah like, uh -huh. or like you know some guy would like <laughs> blow a kiss you're like okay he's the good guy like that's basically what you're doing with save the cat is like yeah you save the cat and then you know, like, oh, this is a good guy. But they yeah, they, the complete they, they went the approach. complete opposite with that. Yeah. yeah. It was great how they, so it starts off and they, 
they sh- introduced you to them through the eyes of Sam, who is this this woman who is just walking in a neighborhood, and then all of a sudden these these kids, or you don't even know that they're kids at the time, these guys in hoodies and masks come out, and you know she's getting mugged, and automatically you make them the bad guy. But then the story continues to follow them, which is great. Yeah, you you have to like learn to sympathize with these characters uh, as the story goes on, because you first you're introduced to them. Yeah, they're they're doing something. They're doing something horrible. They're robbing this poor. There's what five on one, and they have weapons, and it's this poor woman by herself. You travel on this journey to like being like, oh, like they're not. They're doing bad things, but they're not necessarily bad kids. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I think that was something that Cornish did too. Is like he wasn't judgmental at all with these characters. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 had them in situations that were really tough and in situations kids should not be in. You know, they're they're what 14, 15 years old. Um, yeah, you know, they come from rough, rough backgrounds uh, and they do horrible things like mug people, but <laughs> they never he never makes them out to really be the bad guys. You know, he he makes them a. I mean, they're not good guys, but they're, I guess they're sympathetic bad guys, you would say. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it was really a ballsy move on his part, I think, like you said, to, to open it up like that. Because not only does he open it up like that, but then he, like, I mean, they get, they get into this fast. You know what I mean? Like, they find the first alien within the first few minutes. Yeah. And there's very little character development. In the first, I would say even half of this movie, like you know, like the one guy's, you know, that Moses is a leader, and he's got all his little friends, and they all kind of like line up behind him. But, but as far as like actually learning anything about these guys, he saves all that for the end of the movie, and he kind, you kind of like peel back the onion skin, and you learn more about these characters. Because as I was watching it, I was like, it was kind of the 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 same thought I had when we were when I was watching the descent, which was like I don't know who these people are. They're just all talking and they all look alike, and I don't know what the hell is going on. But with this, at first he kind of did that same thing, but then as you get into it, you start to realize like, oh, th- this is this person's role. This is this person's role. He's the leader. He's the wise ass. He's the one. But he do- They don't give that all to you at the very beginning, which I think was super interesting. Yeah, they start off as like your stereotypical urban terror, and then. Basically, like you said, they start taking off their mask, they start taking off their hoodies, and you start to like see them, which was which was great because at the time, and this is something again I found out afterwards, but at the time that was like there was lots of articles of muggings of these teenagers with hoodies and masks, and yeah. like, they just made everything seem so scary. And I guess at that time, you know, for such a large city, their crime rate was pretty low. But it just so happens that there's that sensationalism and also just being so close to, you know, anytime you put poverty next to an absurd amount of wealth or just Afflu- affluence. Know, yeah. Put yeah. poverty next to affluence. Yeah. And even if it just happens once, like a scared person is going to scream and write all these things. And you see how I was looking all these articles of these like hand drawn, like scary looking dudes. It's, yeah. just, it's just it's it's silly. But that's what he starts off with, and he's kind of like showing you, like, hey, look, these are real people, and this is something that happens, but there's probably a reason why this is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the the media sensationalism that comes along with it, too, of like, you know, we get that same shit here, where it's like, you know, we're going to really play up this one thing because it gets clicks, it gets views, you mm-hmm. know, but it might not 100%. It's not necessarily a lie, but it's not 100% the truth either. But there was even like, I mean, there was even a genre of movies that came out called hoodie horror. Did you hoodie see that horror, at all? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like things like, like I had actually seen Eden Lake. That was like, I guess the first one. I didn't realize that. 
there's another called Citadel, which I haven't I haven't seen. But even beyond that, like Green Street Hooligans or Green Street, I think it's called in England. I I really enjoy that movie, but that's kind of the same thing, but more of like a slice of life. But it's same thing, like these these like roughneck like like lower class dudes who just causing trouble. I actually almost suggested for for the next movie, this movie called Harry Brown, which I might do later, but I think it was a little too on the nose. Uh, to come right mm. after this, but it's a great Michael Caine movie, which kind of deals with the same thing. But they're, ah, but they're. I think I know what you're talking about. I think I saw the preview it? for this. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's. I actually really enjoy that movie. But but they're all villainizing the people in the hoodies and the people, the kids. But this takes the opposite approach, which is like, yeah, they're not good people, but they are also victims of their circumstances. So I think that uh, that's that's really what what Cornish was trying to do here was be like, look, these hoodie horror movies are playing into these stereotypes so it's actually not a good thing you know because yeah like there were laws that great britain was passing at the time that were specifically they might still be uh, like demonizing the working class and that's what this i think this was a kind of a, an attack on and a commentary on was was all that stuff so but this is what's cool i think about this movie is that this is like a comedy horror and right away, like first few minutes have been mostly like political like statements. And yeah, so, there's no comedy or it doesn't really open with comedy or horror, does it? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> it, li- it literally could like if the alien hadn't landed. I mean, this would have been like a, a societal drama as opposed to a comedy horror, you know? Yeah. That opening, though, with looks like meteors are falling mm-hmm. and then it just says attack the block and it zooms in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks so good. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts of it, actually. Yeah. Gets you pumped. Along with the music. Such good music on this. That's funny, because one of the things I didn't like was the, the, the character of uh, Hi-Hats. I feel like I feel like the, the main characters were great. Anything outside of the main characters, though, was just like a complete stereotype. Like, it was not yeah. well-written. It was not well-developed. Like, you had the Nick Frost, who's like the stoner. You have Hi-Hats, who's like the angry gangster drug dealer and like, that was it. That's all they did. Now, there was a lot. There wasn't a ton of space for them in this movie, so I get it. But like hi-hats, like <laughs> he's literally just pretty like, one-toned driving around listening to his own music like, oh, I'm going to shoot. Blah, blah, blah. And I was <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like it was a little fucking cheesy, a little too on the nose, you know. But yeah, I feel like again, there's there's this movie's packed full. You have you have what? Five kids. You have the Jodie Whittaker character playing playing Sam. You have the guy Bruis, who's like kind of like the college kid who just came to buy weed, who get who gets involved. But anything kind of outside of them was very was very just like all right, we're gonna throw in a stoner. All right, we're gonna throw in a bad guy. We're gonna throw in this. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there was just so much other shit going. And then you have the aliens on top of that. You know. Yeah. So I that get way. it. I get it. But at the same time, I was like, all right, man, this 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 hi hats character is not really doing anything for me. Like he and, and a lot of the stuff he did like didn't even really pay off. Like he gives Moses the drugs and then you know he gets arrested, he gets caught with the drugs, but then the cops get killed and nothing really happens. And then later on he's like, Oh well, I wish I hadn't taken those drugs. And it's like, why? Like nothing really happened. You're fine. You know? it's You're good. fine. Yeah, <laughs> you got aliens protecting you, it's fine. So <laughs> that runtime though, one twenty eight. That's a good runtime. That's, that's a solid, perfect runtime. Perfect, perfect runtime. Yeah. Uh-huh. You go over like, an hour and a half. You're you're asking a lot from me at this point. <laughs> um, one of the things too I found was really interesting was um, I think that the impact of them wearing masks in the beginning, especially, was lost since COVID. <laughs> you know, <'Cause> I was like, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Like they're That's all funny. like wearing like but in 2011, if you were wearing a mask on the street, you were you were a hoodlum. Now, if you wear a mask <laughs> on the street, you're 
you're responsible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh man, like that didn't even like that's not even something you can as a filmmaker or as a writer or anything that you can prepare for. Like, oh yeah, like this is gonna lose so much of its impact because in 12 years there's gonna be a global pandemic and everyone's gonna be wearing masks and you know. <laughs> but I thought that was because I was watching it. I literally was like, as he put us on his mask, I was like, well, yeah, of course. He's got to put on a mask. There's COVID. Wait, no, this is 2011. <laughs> they had never heard of COVID. COVID-19 wasn't around. So uh, I thought that was I thought that was interesting, like the way you just watch a movie kind of age After, and, yeah. and, and lose 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 some of maybe some of its effectiveness over time. Fucking COVID. Fucking COVID is ruining everything. <laughs> I did. I did like too though, the um, so there were some really cheesy dialogue, like some really cheesy one liners, I thought, where they were like. He's like, oh, you you better call the Ghostbusters love, like instead of like call the cops. Like some of that stuff was really really cheesy, but I think that the kids talking to each other, like what casually talking, was very natural and very smooth. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it seemed very realistic. The way again they're talking in this crazy. I, I, sometimes I look to my wife. I was like, what fucking language is this? I was like, oh right, <laughs> it's English. I had to watch it with subtitles. You know? Oh jeez. Uh, did you did you watch it with subtitles? No, no. Well, I no, watched, I did I, go, I did go back a few times because I was like, what, what did he say? Especially because because I wanted to like write down some of the quotes, but I was like, yeah, what the f-? <laughs> yeah. Well, it uh-huh. wasn't the it wasn't the the accent that was throwing me off, but their slang. their vernacular. Yeah, yeah I was like, uh-huh. what the fuck does that mean? You know. But I thought that when the when they were kind of sitting around and joking with each other, and when they went to the girl's house, and I thought that that was all all really well done. And then I I come to find out that he watched um that Cornish watched a bunch of Larry Clark movies. To kind of get the cadence down, hmm. you know. So Larry Clark did Kids and Bully and stuff like that. And if you watch that, like those movies are notorious for like they're, well, they're notorious for a lot of shit. But, <laughs> but uh, from a filmmaker standpoint, they're they're really good studies if you want to like, yeah, see like natural dialogue. Like you see, have a bunch of teenagers talking, and it's not like, you know, super on the nose Hollywood shit. It's it's how people might actually interact with each other if they were in this situation. I think he did a good job, and and. And Cornish, he took the time to work with these young actors and make sure that they were comfortable with one another. And then, like, once they were kind of in the rehearsal phase of it, they would start suggesting, the actors would start, like, suggesting things, and and he would go with it, and then they would throw it in. You know what I mean? So, like, it, it all had a very natural feel to it. It didn't, again, some of the some of the one-liners were a little too Aaron Sorkin on the nose for me, but <laughs> the um, the actual, like, like dialogue, I think was was really well done. So he took a similar approach as to kids, but these were all like not actors. They were like yeah. just kids from the neighborhood, and he did like a big um, nationwide audition to find kids with similar accents. And like, so he wanted to get like a genuine feel. Kids were saying those lines; they were saying them in their like true accent. So yeah, that, that I think that made a big difference, and it was also like I think a smart smart choice because it you know it could have come off as like someone trying to sound like that and it would have been horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think he I think he pulled from from basically like acting schools, but like that were all kind of in South London, like mm-hmm. uh or like, you know, like a local high school that has an acting club yeah. or a drama uh-huh. club or something like that. You know what I mean? Like so that was really cool. And then he launched a couple I mean John Boyega is you know, huge. You know, he's he did the three Star Wars, he's done a bunch of stuff. Not he a was lot of the other kids. Good oh, he's movie. so good in this movie. Yeah. I mean, that for, that character, he doesn't have a lot of lines, and he's supposed to be like the big tough guy. But like, actually, uh, my wife and I were talking about like he just has all this sadness behind his eyes most of the time. Yeah, and he like he oh man, he, he was such a good job for 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 this being his first role. 
He said a lot without saying much. <laughs> yeah, and he was, I think he was 17 or 18 when he filmed this. He was 18, this. yeah. Yeah. There was um, a, the, if you watch the Blu-ray, there's like an hour behind the scene thing that I was just watching this morning. Oh, really? It was, it was pretty interesting. A lot of the characters were very similar to their characters. Like they didn't really have to play them up much. They were all basically, and you hear them talking to each other and they were all hanging out, having a good time. Yeah, this looked like a pretty fun movie to film. Everyone yeah. was, was having a good time for sure. That's super cool. Yeah, no, I had to buy it. I didn't have time to get the DVD or the Blu-ray delivered, so I had to buy uh, buy it on Amazon. It was like four bucks or something like that, so I streamed it. They did a whole big thing for the uh, creature feature, too, and how they designed the the monster. What was your opinion on the monster? I actually really like the monsters. I like that they... I'm always going to go for more practical effects over CGI as much as possible. I thought that they were original looking. I mean, they were like the blackest creatures you've ever seen. Like they were so dark, but then they had the like these big teeth with like light up neon teeth almost. Like it looked sci-fi, it looked campy, it looked comic booky, but it looked really fucking cool. And then they had people like in these outfits chasing the kids. So I think that also actually plays back into the performance is like it's always going to be scarier having someone physically chasing after you than you know, oh, I'm going to we're going to be on a green screen and then later on uh, they're they're going to put these monsters in. It's like, well, you're not acting against anything. Yeah. Um, th- some people can do that, but you have kids, their first movie, it's like you want to put them in as comfortable a situation as possible, which would be having these huge creatures like chase <laughs> chase after them, you know? Yeah, everyone was talking about how scary they were because it's, it's like this giant like suit and he's got like these arm extensions on there and he's like standing up and talking. He's like, yeah, and he's like normal. He's really funny. But then when it starts and he like starts running and chasing you. Like if you look at, did you get a chance to see anything of behind the scenes? No. Oh man. But they, so it, it really is like a black creature with like this black fur. And then what they ended up doing was rotoscoping them and adding that like pure blackness on them. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Cool. So, I mean, it, it was cool because it did give them that pure black, especially I was watching on my, I have an LED screen. So like mm-hmm. the black was just like jet black. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it did take away from the realness of it too. Because they literally look I don't know if you can look it up real quick, but they're like really like these just giant monsters like chasing you, like these big gorilla things. Yeah. And everyone was talking about like how scared they were whenever they chased him and how fast he was. And like even the the cops were like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> he's like, My heart's <laughs> pumping, this thing's like coming at me, hitting me hard. <laughs> was it was it like the one stunt guy mostly doing it or what it was two two monsters but there was one the one stunt guy he he basically d- helped design the shape and the movement and the other guy mm. was just kind of like like uh like his like number thing. two or whatever yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it was like these furry giant like things and it had the mouth and then they ended up rotoscoping frame at a time so rotoscoping is for those that don't know it's kind of like painting on so they have the actual image and then they they paint over it like each each actual frame things like yeah, a scanner darkly yeah yeah and <laughs> but i mean it looks it looks pretty cool yeah it looks great but yeah. the, the movement of them looks so natural and i think that's why the, the cgi actually kind of works for for this so well yeah they weren't just like these fake creatures they were actually just following the movements of this actor well, and it's funny too the way they were the way they were designed. Like you know, they're super dark, but then they have these glowing teeth, and like yeah. they look like uh like 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 something from like a rave, which I always associate <laughs> with this kind of like British, you know, the British like rave culture. Like so, I was like, I wonder if if that factored into it at all, or if it was just like 
yeah, this looks cool. This looks different. It looks like, I mean, it looked like something I'd never seen before. You know? Yeah. It looked, like, it looked like, well, let me say this. It looked like a new take on on an old, like, 1950s, like, sci-fi movie. You know, I'm mean, like, you could see, like, a guy in, like, a gorilla suit, like, chasing mm-hmm. somebody. But they, they took that, and then they spun it into something new and original. So... No, it looked great. I loved I loved those little monsters. Like they're I guess they weren't little, but I like those those monsters. Yeah, they were fast, they were scary. They weren't unbeatable, which is something yeah. we've talked about too. Where like, mm-hmm. yeah, you could put a knife in their head and Yeah, and- he 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 talked about how he wanted them to exist in the real world. Mm-hmm. Like cuz there's nothing scary about like this completely CGI thing that can like move all over the place and do anything because it becomes unreal. So he yeah. wanted this to like physically f- fit in our real life world. And actually have correct movements and everything. Well, yeah. I mean, this is definitely a creature you could see, like if you were on like a like a excursion to Africa, being you know attacking your <laughs> your car or something like that. Like yeah. you know, you're in the middle of the jungle, and all of a sudden, like you know, you're in you're in South America in the jungle, and all of a sudden, like a, a, a some kind of a creature like this, like jump, like yeah, this is something that could exist in the real world, with the exception of, like the glowing. But I mean, even still, there are creatures that have glowing aspects to yeah, them. So that's who true. the hell knows, man. Not that teeth, intro with but. when you first see him and you think it's his eyes mm-hmm. and then it like opens up and it's his mouth. Oh, I forgot the kid, about that. The that kid was doesn't so have good. his glasses on. He goes, I don't think those are his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they, again, they, they really took their time and they really like drove home a lot of, a lot of really cool new original ideas and, and both, both commentary and physically. So yeah, no, they did a good job. Again, it's, it's one of those things like I think, again, if when I watched kids when I was younger, like that movie had a lot of impact on me because that you know it was it was kids it was it was kind of like what we were doing at the time so i think that this movie for that generation of kids especially in that in that part of the world was probably hugely impact and you can enjoy it if it's not that but i think it's just if you're not from there i think you can enjoy it but i think that if you were from there like like these guys like i mean he wrote cornish wrote this because he was mugged on his way home, you know, by a bunch of kids in masks knives. Like, so that was kind of the basis for this whole thing. So like, so I don't know if you know this as well, but the, so this movie was released the same week as Cowboys and Aliens. Did you know that? No. What was Cowboys and Aliens again? Was that- uh, Speaking of Daniel Craig, it was like a big budget, like studio sci-fi movie um, where aliens, I guess, cowboys fight aliens. I haven't seen it, but I just remember this being like a huge, a huge thing. And it actually turned out to kind of not be a big success. I think it was a bit of a flop. But oh wow! I wonder if you just looked it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I do re- kind of remember this. Yeah, I think isn't it Daniel Craig, James it's Bond? Dan- as the, as uh, James yeah. Bond, yep. Mm-hmm. But it, so this came out the Harrison same Ford, movie. Olivia Wilde. Yeah, it's got a big. Let me say that was a big budget studio movie. Uh, Paul, da- what's that guy? Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Dano he yeah. played the Riddler. Sam yeah. Rockwell. Yeah. Damn. That's what I'm saying. What's what's its IMDb rating though? Six point zero. Okay, so a little less than this. Um, cause this was a six, six. Yeah. So boys and aliens, Stupid. like, it's like, a, it's like one of those, like they call it like a high concept. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, uh, what if, mean, what if a bunch of aliens came down and a bunch of cowboys had to fight them? You know, it's Jurassic Park is the perfect example of a high concept, uh, idea where it's like, all right, a, a theme park based on dinosaurs, you know, and then you, you create a story within that. But I'm wondering if, because this opened on the same week, this just got decimated at the box office because of that. Like, would, would this have been bigger if it hadn't? opened happened to open the same week as cowboys and aliens or cowboys is it cowboys and aliens or cowboys, yeah, and, cowboys aliens? and aliens which if okay. you're gonna make a movie about cowboys and aliens that's the best title that's the best title you sure. can think that's of yeah fucking good <laughs> <laughs> you don't even need a log line i know exactly what that movie's about it just, um, uh, it just it, 
it just said from the director of uh, Iron Man. John Favreau did this? Yeah. Oh, really? Directed by John Favreau. Wow. I think John Favreau is one of the most underrated directors in Hollywood. Like, Are you being a, a, uh, a smartass? Or... No, I'm 100% serious. Oh, okay, good, because I agree. I, I think he's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he did, I mean, I mean, he came out, he did, he started the whole Marvel universe, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did the first that Iron whole, Man. The tone and everything was all, yeah, and that was, was like all, one of the first good comic book movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had, had the Raimi Spider-Man and stuff, but. That's you know, true. That's true. Yeah. But. Never mind. But as Never. far as like, <laughs> as far as like, <laughs> like launching, well, he, he, he did the first movie and, and what launched what turned out to be something that had never been done before, which is again, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is all these movies that then all tie back into each other in, in this big, in this big, huge way, this big, huge finale, you know, like he started all that. Mm -hmm. um, but he also did, did you, did you see the new Jungle Book? Like that was Favreau where it's like yes. they're doing new technology. Like he's, he's, every time he touches something like that, like you're like, wait, what is, not every time because he did Cowboys vs. Aliens apparently, but uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, I don't think he gets the respect as a director that he should. I think yeah. when he, when he does stuff, it's, it's, there's usually something special about it. Even the one he did with John Leguizamo, what was it, Chef? Oh, my God. That was so good. <laughs> it always, always comes yeah. back to John Leguizamo, Antonio Manderas. That's right. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> no, he did Chef. Yeah, Chef was fine. I mean, it was cool, I guess. I did like his freakout scene when he's screaming about the uh, a ganache. Uh, is it a ganache? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Where it's like, a, yeah, the guy's like, oh, the undercooked cake. He's like, it's not an undercooked cake. It's a ganache. He's like screaming at him. <laughs> Well, Chef came out at the same time as another Chef movie, which I think was it called Burnt, I think, with Bradley Cooper, which was just like, I watched both of those. I was like, yeah, oh, I, think, I, think yeah, yeah. I think I'm more Chef than, uh, than Burnt. That's right. I'm not a big um, fan of Br Bradley Cooper. He's okay. He, um, I think he's one of those people like The Rock where like, he knows he's in these movies and they're kind of stupid, but as long as he has that like kind of sly smile, then you're going to let him get away with a little more. Because like, one of the movies I thought about talking about or, or making you watch I still might. Did you ever watch the A Team remake? Yes, Dude, I actually enjoyed that. That movie's so much he, fun, man. <laughs> he was he was good in that. I liked him in that. I liked him. You know, he was also good in those Hangover series, and yeah, he was actually incredible in Nightmare Alley, which I was uh, so surprised that I liked him so much in it. He did really? such a good job. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a he's a great actor, man, and and. I, I think I think he's I think he's good. I think he does good. So he could do drama. He could do comedy. I mean, he did he you know Silver Linings Playbook. He did you know like that kind of stuff. But then he'll go and he'll go and do like um, American Hustle, where he's playing like a completely different character. Like you know what I mean? Like so he's I think he's got some range. I like Bradley Cooper. Yeah, he's a little too handsome for me. A little too <laughs> fucking handsome for me. But anyway, back to back to the topic at hand here. Who would you recommend this movie to? I think if you are a hoodlum living in South London, you would really yes. enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I think I think this is a fun movie. Uh, so I would pitch this to to anybody to to check it out and pitch it as like basically just describe what it is. This neighborhood gets attacked by aliens and they have to try to rescue. And it's funny and there's a lot of action and there's mm -hmm. cool horror in it. And I, I would leave out a lot of the political stuff and let that sink in as they're watching it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Sell it, sell it as as simple as possible. Because I mean, I know people. I have friends who, if they think something's political, they won't, they won't take the time. They won't give it the time. And it's like, well, <laughs> it's yeah, it's fucking stupid. But it's like, yeah, like, come on, man. Like, you can you have more than one thing going on at once. Like, there's subtext. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's layers to stories to good stories at least. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's. 
I mean, how can you deny that this movie is about that? It's about the demonization of of these kids and these this this class of people. But it's wrapped up in a movie that's entertaining. And like, if you can, if you take that part out, I guess it's still a fun movie. You know what I mean? Like, you don't you don't need yeah all that stuff. I mean, I I feel like the first time I watched it years ago, I probably watched it I don't know, ten years ago or so. That didn't really occur to me. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, okay, it's this movie about aliens and these these kids attacking aliens. But I mean, this time watching it again and and being more involved in politics now, like it's it's loud and clear. it's it's there. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's not even like pointing the finger. I guess it kind of is because you know it's really not about how much crime there is in an area. It's about how close you know rich and upper middle class are to these types of people that this this gets sensationalized. So if they're living in their neighborhood. And they're pretty close. They're going to be worried and scared, and everything's going to blow up. Yeah. Well, I think they, I think they drive that point home with the fact that there's literally aliens attacking this this building, and because it's a low income building, like the cops don't even show up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like at one point, they're like, the cops aren't coming. Like, they're yeah. like, first of all, nobody wants to call the cops, which I really, I really liked with these kids. They're like, no, this is our block. This is how we do it. But they also, like, nobody's calling the cops. Mm-hmm. Even the people from down the street who are watching, who might be seeing this happen, they're probably just dismissive of like, oh, well, that's the ghetto. That's the project. That's whatever. Yeah, look like, at we those, don't need to help. Yeah, look at those animals. Big and hoodies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they, they probably look like look like kids in hoodies from across the street, you know. Um, and it's not until there's literally like explosions that the cops show up. And then, of course, they arrest the wrong people. <laughs> you know, they they arrest the kids in hoodies who just yeah. literally, who literally just probably saved the world. I think that that line is, you know, so I, they're not coming. I, I reckon the Fed sent them anyway. Government probably bred those creatures to kill black boys. First sent the drugs to the end, then sent the guns, and now they sent monsters to get us. They don't care, man. We ain't killing each other fast enough. So they decide to speed up the process. Like that whole line was fucking, oof. Yeah. That hit, that hit yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. how you had a little bit of an English accent. When you well, I wrote, yeah, I wrote it in vernacular, <laughs> so... <laughs> Oi, Oi so <laughs> we're talking like that for the I rest didn't want to be like, man, after we watched this movie, I remember the first time I kept calling my wife. I was like, hey, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like yeah. That, that oh, lasted yeah. for years. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's up, bruv? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's true, though. It's it, And it's the same thing people here say about, you know, crack in the inner cities where it's like, yeah, the, the government sent it in to, you know, they need the government needed to fund their Contra bullshit. So they sent they started selling crack in the cities and they just let it in the war on drugs. <laughs> they just let it fucking destroy cities, you know? Yep. I mean, even Spike Lee has had theories that, like, AIDS was invented to wipe out black people, you know what I mean? So, like, that concept, that idea is not is not new, and it's not necessarily far off from the truth. Yeah, could you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You couldn't see, I mean, or going back to what we just talked about with COVID, like, breeding shit in a lab that escapes by accident. Like, yeah, they, <laughs> these monsters could have been, they could have been weapons that the, the UK government was breeding and then they got loose and now they're attacking the block, but nobody gives a shit because it's the fucking hood. It's the yeah. ghetto. If it's going to attack someplace, I'm like, oh, let's see how they do over there. Yeah. And if they do well, maybe we'll, we'll bring, we'll use them in, in the war. Yeah, exactly. Any other quotes you liked? Uh, yes. I do like the Pest and Moses when mm-hmm. they're about to, so when they first, Moses gets attacked by the first creature, who is a female, who's a small, uh, yeah. little little tiny alien, and so they they're thinking they're all going to be like that. This was this alien was a, a puppet, but then while he was being attacked, it was a, a little person. She was in it, and she was like controlling everything. And there's animatronics yeah. on the face, and like 
the movement. Oh man, it's, it's so cool. But they were all excited and they're getting ready to attack. And he goes, he's like, you know what? And he goes, what? He goes, I'm shitting myself in it. But at the same time, this is sick. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, like you that do was all pest, these, right? Yeah, you do yeah. all these stupid things and you're like, all right, this is real dumb. Like even just, you know, doing like skateboarding tricks or like riding your, yeah. your mountain bike down the mountain. It's like, this is fucking stupid, but it's also a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I know this is yeah. dumb, but this is super, super fun. Yeah. Yep. I like when they when they're they're talking about um they're trying to figure out what it is, what the alien is, the first one, and the one guy goes, Ah, maybe there's a party at the zoo and a monkey fucked a fish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, cause they do approach it as like fifteen year olds. Like they don't I think that know was, anything. Uh, and you know That was Nick Frost who said that, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, hold on. Which I Maybe. guess fits in perfectly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. I liked um there was the two like little little kid characters. Yeah. You remember them? Like they were real fun. Um, because they're like obviously like they're in their little hoodies. They're like nine, I think, eight and nine. Mm-hmm. And they're in their hoodies and they're basically emulating these kids who they think of as adults, but are actually like fifteen year old kids, you know. And their their names are uh what was it? It was it was Mayhem and um and probs <laughs> yeah. two names probs but like Ooh. there's a one point where they're gonna squirt they're gonna you don't realize they have petrol in their <laughs> uh in their super soaker and they're gonna squirt the alien with it and uh mayhem's freaking out and probs goes he goes no one's gonna start calling you mayhem if you keep acting like such a pussy yeah. <laughs> that was super funny that was just pretty interesting too so they have the the main character is looking up to hi-hats and then these kids are looking up to the main characters and you kind of see how they progress in their life and where they start off with and what causes them to reach that point where you're just a criminal, you know? Yeah. Well, I think one thing too, like when I first watched it this time, or when I, I guess when I watched it this time and there's a scene where the two cars crash into each other. And when, when the kids, the kids steal the cop car and hi hats crashes into the cop car and then he comes out, he pulls the gun on him. It's this whole big conflict. And then um, they're like, Oh, there's a, there's a monster behind you. And hi hats tells his buddy, he's got a big friend. I don't remember his friend's name, but he's like, Hey, go check it out. And um, he's like, I'm not going over there. And Hi-Hats literally puts the gun on his friend and was like, go check it out. And as I was watching it, Tunks. I was like, Tunks? Yeah, 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 yeah. As I was watching it, I was like, well, you would never put a gun on your friend like that. But then it started to occur to me more that like, oh, these people are surviving. These kids are surviving because the solidarity with their friends, with their groups. And and Hi-Hats didn't have that with anyone. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he, he, even his friends... He didn't give a shit about his because Tonks dies. He has two more friends show up. He doesn't care about them. They die. He doesn't give a fuck about anybody. And that's kind of his downfall. But it's the fact that all these people stick together. And even Sam, the the uh, Jody Whitaker character at the end is like, no, these are my neighbors. This is part of my thing. I'm like, I think that's what makes them all make it through the end. I mean, not all of them. You know, there's obviously some soldiers always fall in these movies. But for the most part, and even the two little kids, the reason I bring it up, even those two little kids, they have each other. Yeah. And they are loyal to each other and they, you know, the cops show up and they run with each other. Like that's I think a good message that this movie was putting putting forth too was like solidarity with your team, with your crew, with your friends. It's always better than trying to go about it alone, you know. Jody Whitaker, uh the same character is walking alone at night and then she gets in trouble and by the end she's part of this group and she's defending these kids to the police. Uh you know what happens later, I don't know. I like but that they apparently left that open. Well, apparently now there's there might be an attack the block 2. Uh, have you heard about that? No. Yeah. Really? I don't, yeah. John I don't Boyega, it's on his IMDb. I know that Cornish, he announced a sequel, but like, look, man, I, I always say you got to, everybody's got to make their money. It's really hard to make money in this industry, but 
God damn it. Some things are just better left alone. You know, some things like it's a lightning in the bottle and you just you're going to especially when it's this much later, like because this was 2011. So by the time this sequel will come out, it'll probably be like 2025, maybe 2024, 24. It's like you're talking about 15, you know, whatever years later. And it's like it's not going to be the same thing, you know? Yeah. Like because I don't want to see. Here's the thing. I don't want to see Moses having gone down the wrong path even more or like being released from jail and now he's coming back out and and you know like i don't want to see this character having a shitty life for the past 15 years <laughs> but at the same time i don't necessarily want to see him being like a community activist either you know what i mean like i think that where they left it was so perfect that there's nothing i want to see more happen to this character yeah it's gonna be rough i'm gonna watch it for sure yeah I'm but watch it but... yeah <laughs> but if so, it's a good yeah. script you never know you do, yeah. I mean, you know, that's true. I, these aliens were really cool, and I, I, I would like to see them do other things. I think that'd be kind of fun. So, we'll but see. Like, what, did, what, what would they do though? They were going to come back to Earth again, like yeah, with their lawyers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was one thing interesting that I, I found there the sounds that that were made by the sound designer. It was a mixture of bulls, alligators, monkeys, elephants, pigs, horses. Bears, lions, tigers, elk, frogs, leopards, seals, cats, walruses, whales, and pit bull terriers. <laughs> so just every animal ever. He just yeah, put, except for cats. To yeah, make the, uh, and then to introduce even more terror, they added a woman screeching. So every animal, yeah. every animal possible. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. God, all right. It's kind of interesting. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Did just like well, it's like a little bit of everything. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to go back and just watch a scene with the aliens because that didn't even that didn't even register that that was that you know like sometimes you hear something and you're like oh well this is obviously like you know a gorilla making a sound or something that they put through a, a vocoder or whatever but it's like yeah like that didn't even interesting okay I'll have to go back and watch just like yeah uh, sound a design part. is always always super interesting like I always figure out how like just all these creatures like even Jurassic Park how they make all these dinosaur sounds and yeah all these sound divine super and cool and, yeah. And I like Foley too. Like yeah. I feel like I would be Foley would be super fun. Mm-hmm. But there's probably like two working Foley artists in the whole world. <laughs> like it's like such a and they just never thing. leave that room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can't. They're gonna lose yeah. their job. The uh, another thing that I found interesting was those two kids were when they were watching the the monster and they were sitting there with Joe uh, Cornish and he's like, "How'd you get this idea for this film?" And he goes, "Have you ever seen the movie Signs?" And they're like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Well, I just thought." what would happen if they landed in South London and the and the kids that everyone, you know, is afraid of have to end up being the heroes. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. I was like, oh, there you go. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. When you hear it that mm-hmm. way, man, totally makes sense. So. Yeah. And then uh, the DP, uh, I guess his inspirations were one of your favorite, Kurt Russell. Um, and never, then, never heard uh, of him. Yeah. And then The Warriors, which, which oh, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. Those are two movies I I really enjoy. Yeah, one more thing that I thought really hit hard. When Sam walks into Moses' house, Mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, is your little brother? Do you have a little brother? And he goes, no. And she's like, how old are you? And he's like, 15. Which was crazy, because in my head, they were probably like 18, 19 years old. Just because anytime you see anybody on screen, they always seem older and bigger. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. But he's just a kid, and... (laughs) He's like, yeah, he's like Spider Man shit. sheets and stuff. Yeah. And uh-huh. It's like, God damn, like he's dealing with all of this and and he's already got this bad reputation. And they already talk about the cops uh arrest them for no reason. And when they go to um 
when they go to the girl's house, Tia's house, and she's like, it's always something with you. Somebody's either getting f- uh, beat up or robbed or something like that. And it's like, God, he's only 15 years old. Like, yeah. We did crazy shit when I was 15, too, but it wasn't like that. Like, it wasn't that bad. But we also, I mean, I had a, I had a better circumstance. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, uh, I'm, I, oh, I always say, too, like, if I, <laughs> if I had grown up with, like, without my parents, who, God bless both of them, and and in like a shitty neighborhood. Oh my god, I would have been in gangs. I would have been on a horrible drug. Like I I'm just I know me and <laughs> that that temptation would have been it would have seemed like too much fun at the time and I would have been in a horrible situation. So I don't look I don't ever blame anyone for like dealing with the circumstances they're in, man. You just got to you got to deal you got to you got to play the cards you're dealt, you know. But yeah, no. I <laughs> fuck man, to be 15 and dealing with all that and you're alone, mm-hmm. you know what do you say? He's like his uh, uncle lives with She's like, who do you love with? Yeah. He goes, well, he comes and goes, mostly goes. It's like, <laughs> okay, so this this kid's got no one, no one yeah. watching on for him. Uh, and then you're surrounded by people who have no one watching. And that was that was the thing I actually like too, when they, there's that little shot where they're like, all right, everybody go get your weapons. And you see how like, they're all in the same situation, but they're all in different situations. Yeah. You know, he lives with his uncle. Uh, Pest lives like with his grandma. You know what I mean? Like Jerome, like they all have different, they all have different situations, but they're all kind of sh- similar shitty situations. Yeah, so it's like, that was yeah, a like, great like introduction to who they are as well. That was like done in like seconds. Very, very yeah, very and, well and written. They, and that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like they saved it, so like you as the viewer had to earn that experience. Because at first I was just like, "What is happening? Who are <laughs> these people?" Like it was actually like a really a, a negative check against this movie for me the for, for the first half where i was like i don't know anything about these people this is stupid they're wasting my time they're not you know they're not developing these characters at all but yeah you as an audience member had to had to earn that that information and mm-hmm. I, I think he did a really good job with it anything else you can think of this reminds me of sorry to bother you where it's like i could talk about this movie and and pick apart this movie for a long long time you know what i mean like there's so mm-hmm. much in it i think and and there's going to be stuff that we missed and people are going to let us know there's stuff that we missed and that's fine but yeah. it's only you know we we don't want the runtime of this podcast to be longer than the runtime of the movie so <laughs> i know we're you know, getting there <laughs> yeah sometimes you got to sometimes you got to stuff so i'm i'm sure there's stuff we missed i'm going to watch it again i'm going to let it sit for another for probably a year or two like i said i bought it on amazon it was like it was like 3.99 to rent or 4.99 to buy and i was like well yeah might as okay. well okay yeah I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it stew for a little while, and I'll probably revisit it maybe in another year or two and see and see how I feel about it then. But I like I like talking about it and bringing down things. I've been doing this a lot at work too, like uh, on our lunches and stuff. Like, hey, what what do you think of this movie? And then we just kind of break it down, and try to figure out what the fuck they were trying to say. And I think it makes you enjoy movies more. So yeah, highly recommend doing that with your friends. And uh, yeah, we I'm sure like I said, I'm sure we missed a lot, but I think that's all I got to say for now. Yeah. What about you? You all good? Yeah, I I, I would definitely say watch it again recommend it i think it's a good movie and Do you would, would you rank yeah. it higher than the imdb score of 6.6 yeah 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 for sure i would give it like an eight or a nine a nine wow yeah awesome. <laughs> well cool man so that was uh attack the block 20 2011's attack the block yeah give it a watch it's uh you can you can you can buy the blu-rays a lot apparently there's a lot of information on the blu-rays but you can also like i said you can get it on amazon for it was either four or five bucks to own it, and then you just you just have it on Amazon. But I always recommend getting the the physical copies if you like something, so that if something changes later on, you know people like to go back and mess with their shit now. So you always have that you always have that version of it. So buy the physical copy. Fifteen bucks, and the behind the scenes. There's about an hour and a half worth of behind the scenes. Actually, more longer than the movie itself. 
But yeah. if you're interested in making movies, seeing what the, the process is like, there's a, a pretty good documentary on there. And you can always, if you work in any kind of movie industry, you can always just write it off your taxes. So you're good to go. Bam. <laughs> Let us know what you guys thought of the movie, whether you liked it, you hated it, whether you get it, you didn't get it, whether you could relate or couldn't relate. You can hit us up on, oh yeah, that was a good movie at gmail.com and all the socials. We got Instagram is primarily our main one. Main um, one's Instagram, yeah. Yeah, but we have all the rest. I won't even mention them since we don't we really mean, do much with it, them. Yeah. Hit if, us you up reach out, if you reach out there, we'll see it. But let's yeah. do let's stick with Instagram. Let's stick uh, with Gmail and Instagram. Oh yeah, that was a good movie. Let us know what we missed, what we should have talked about, what you wanted to talk about, anything like that. We always love hearing it. So yeah, feel free to reach out. We picked uh you were you were kind of mad at me for picking a good movie. Yeah. Because before you picked uh, a bad movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> Captain Ron. Yes. <laughs> and so, so uh it's your so turn good. to pick. What you got in store for us for next week? Well, I, I was thinking about this. Like I said, I was thinking about, there was a couple movies I was going to do that all hit a little too close to this one. So I'm going to save some of those for later. I'm going to go way back. All yeah. the way. Yeah. I think you're going to hate this movie. And I definitely <laughs> think your wife is going to hate this movie. You, you actually, uh, you know what? I don't know. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I feel like it's not, it should be bigger than it is. The people who watch it love this movie, but I just don't feel like a lot of people have watched it. And I'm really curious, because I haven't seen it in a long time, I'm really curious to see if it holds up. So we're going to go all the way back to 1980. It's a little movie starring William Hurt. And the, the IMDb synopsis is, a psychopsychologist experiments with drugs and sen- sensory deprivation tank in his visions he believes are genetic memories. It's a little movie called Altered States. 1980, directed by Ken Russell, written by Patty Chofsky. I don't know how you say his last name. But it's a fucking acid trip, man. And I really am curious to see what you think of Altered States. It's a lot of like body horror, like Cronenberg. Like if you pull it up on IMDb, you can watch the trailer right now. I'm really curious to see what you think of this movie. And I'm actually curious to see if it holds up for me too. Um, oh, I think seen, you might like I've it. I've seen but this I think- cover. I don't think I've seen this movie actually. Okay. They said you can rent it. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's DVDs and stuff you can buy. Has a young John Larroquette in it playing like basically like an extra. So <laughs> it's it's out there, man. So just just be ready. It's it's out there. It's one of those movies that like 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 punk rock kids really love, I think, because it's really kind of trippy and out there. But I so feel like you might for you. you you might <laughs> like it. Yeah, exactly. Uh I feel like your wife might hate it and and be like, yo, all right, I'm not watching any more movies this guy recommends. So yeah, <laughs> next week, let's talk about uh, the, the cult classic uh, Altered States. I'm ready. I don't think you are. I don't think you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, where can people view this or stream this? So I don't see it streaming anywhere for free, but uh, YouTube, Apple TV, Vudu, Amazon, you can, you can rent it for $2.99. So yeah, you, you know, a couple bucks you can pay for it. Of course, there's, the, you know, there's always the DVDs and stuff floating around. That you could always buy. But uh, if you just want to stream it, yeah, any of the major, it looks like it's the same price on all the major streaming platforms. So three bucks. I'm watching this trailer on mute over here. Yeah. <laughs> it looks pretty wild. I'm excited. Get ready. Get ready for it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like to I like to juxtapose what you have done. Or apparently what I've done with Captain Ron is what really what I was Yeah, right. So, it is the complete yeah. <laughs> opposite of Captain Ron. Yeah. So next week, join us for Altered States. And then now we have a, a section called What's Good? We like to talk about things that we are enjoying in our life, whether it is a comic book or a food, basically anything that isn't a movie. John, yes, won't you uh, start off today? Okay, 
this is going to sound super ironic since we've been kind of talking shit for the last two weeks about this. But so if you're a screenwriter, you're very familiar with the book Save the Cat, right? <laughs> yep. I know, man. Last week I said it destroyed movies. You were talking today about it. Save the Cat, is, I, th I think it's a valuable resource, but I think it's a, a valuable resource as long as you have a lot of resources. You know what I mean? Like it can't be your only resource. And I think that's the problem with what, what happened with Save the Cat is it became like, the Bible. litmus for yeah, yeah for like mm -hmm. and and not for writers necessarily, but for like Hollywood people because they're like oh like I don't if your screenplay doesn't hit these beats da 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 it's 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 a good jumping off point as long as you continue your journey. So the book is fine, whatever. I read it like I don't know, fifteen years ago or so. But then recently, a friend of mine uh, sent me a copy of his. It, there's a Save the Cat software, right? So mm -hmm. it's a screenwriting software. And I was like, yeah, whatever, man. I mean, I got Final Draft. I got notes. And, you know, I mean, I got all kinds of, or what is it called, pages and stuff. Like, I got stuff I can just, I don't I don't need this. But the more I kind of mess with it, the more I realize that it's a super valuable tool, not for writing a screenplay, but for organizing a screenplay. Because that's oh, my nice. problem is like, I mean, I'm super ADD. I'm all over the place. So basically what I've started doing is like, like you can you can literally pull it up. You, you can start a new screenplay. And it's not, I don't know, I haven't gotten into it far enough to see if there's actually a script writing software, if it's actually a script writing software. But what it is, is like, it's divided up into like, oh, like, here's your first page, your title and your log line. And then you go into uh, your beats. And then you go, and the next thing is like your storyboard and then your characters. And I'm sure there's other softwares that do this. But I think that the way that they have organized this program in order to keep you organized is really well done. And it's because I have like, I mean, if you've ever seen my office, it's there's no cards on the wall. You know, there's mm -hmm. there's shit written all over the there's pieces of paper that are just thrown around They're like, oh, that's the thing. Something I have to remember for later. I'm trying to like be like, oh, well, this is a payoff that's going to come back later. So like you got to remember this payoff. But like there's literally a section for payoffs and how do they pay off? So I don't know how much it is. I'm kind of using a trial version of it. Let me see real quick. It looks like it's a subscription based. Essential is ninety nine dollars. Premium is one twenty four. And then the pro version is one eighty nine a year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's you not can choose to pay it off within like every three months. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like it's not going to destroy you if it's something yeah, that you it's not, use. It's not, it's not you know? bad actually. But I I think as far as like if you if you're a screenwriter and you're like me and you're very like uh, overstimulated and and ADD that it's a really good way to like keep everything as organized as possible. Save the cat's good at like helping with like pacing too of movies which can be good and can be bad especially if you're a new screenwriter it's i think it's good to learn like oh this is where my act breaks need to be this is where my thing so it kind of lays all that stuff out for you too use it for whatever you need it to i'm using it totally as a organizational tool and it's i've actually really been enjoying it hmm that looks pretty interesting yeah let me say you can just put your ideas in 1999 and looking but <laughs> it yeah, works. it's 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 got a very yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's say a classic feel. Well, one of the complaints I've heard about their 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 website in this program is like, or it was, uh, I don't know if it was this program, but stuff I've seen before about like their iPad version and stuff. It's like, well, they don't ever update it. So mm, yeah. again, use it use it for what you will. If it's too expensive for you and you're more organized on your own, that's fine. I'm not an organized person, so it really helps me to stay organized. So I I've been enjoying it so far. Nice. Uh, yeah. I have to check it out. Try the free trial. Try the free trial. So Osvaldo, what's good with you, buddy? So I know we try tend to stay away from actually recommending movies, but I have something that's a movie trailer. 
okay. that I'm super excited about. I know that you are a fan of these four individuals as much as I am. But recently, there's been a new trailer for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated movie. Uh, have you yeah. seen it yet? I have not, no. Oh, gosh. I saw that it was out, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, man. It looks it looks great. I think you, as an animator, are going to really enjoy that they took a different approach. Okay. Um, and it looks... They, they seem to be a lot younger and really, like, leaning in towards that, that teenage-ness of it. But it looks like it's going to be a fun movie, and... I'm super excited to see these guys back together again. <laughs> what? Uh, what's? How? How would I look it up on? Just say, Google on, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trailer. Yeah, here, let's watch this together. All right, um, Mutant Mayhem. Yep. All right, ready? All right, ready? One, and two, three, go. go. We start off on what appears to be New York City. Seth Rogen, what the fuck is yeah. he doing here? He does so many good things. I'm very jealous of him. I like him better as a producer than a. Yeah, actor. he's a great producer. Straight from the sewer. <laughs> Is that a girl, Donatello? Uh, the voice? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, is she actually like, a girl? Is it actually a girl, though? I don't think so. Doesn't look like it. Well, how would you tell? I see Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, that looks cool. It's got like a. It's got a bit of like a Into the Spider Verse feel to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either Donatello is like really young, or might be a a girl. Uh, April O'Neil's black. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Hannibal Burris, John Cena, Ice Cube, Jackie Chan. All yeah, right. Jackie Chan's. I'm guessing he's probably gonna be. Uh, I love Jackie Chan. Hamato Splinter. Yoshi or Kusaki, oh, yeah. one of those two. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Oh, look, the first comment is Spider-Verse changed animation forever. <laughs> it did, yeah, that's they exactly what I thought They completely did, yeah. for sure. Because before um, them, everything used to be, basically, everyone said, okay, I want to make a movie like Pixar. Everything looked like Pixar. Even yeah. Pixar started making movies that looked like Pixar and Pixar, and everything started looking the same. Everything and looked the exact same. And they completely yeah. changed that up. Oh, God, I love, yeah. Spider-Verse and, is great. Yeah, and, and so this this animation style is it is different. I mean, it has very similar aspects to the Spider Verse, but I think it allowed them to be like, you know what, fuck it, we're gonna make it look like painting. That's what I want this to look like. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it looks great. It looks super cool. I like I like that man. You gotta like again. It falls into the whole thing about like people trying to make money on art, which you ha- I get it. You have to make money sometimes, but. It's like, oh, this is the formula that works. Pixar is the formula that works, so we're all going to do Pixar. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's more shit going on out there, guys. Like, come yeah. on. Like, yeah, Jackie Chan plays Master Splinter. I knew it. Nice. The the Turtle Brothers. So I guess they are. I guess Donatello is still. A, they seem to be boy. like 13, 14 years old. Yeah, they're like young. Well, that was the, always the problem with Ninja Turtles. Was like, when you're a kid and you're watching it, they don't seem like teenagers, but like it seems like these guys are really playing into that teenager. And the kids, I mean, these kids are like the kids doing the voices are all very young. Like they're all born well after they might be born after 2000, 2005. <laughs> 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 like they all look very, 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 very young. That looks cool though, man. Yeah, I'll check it out. I mean, I like I like the Ninja Turtles. They've had they've gotten a lot of my money over the years, so I'll give them a little more. <laughs> why not a little know? bit more, right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> well, that's cool, man. Hell yeah, I like I like that. I like that recommendation, even though we're technically not supposed to do movies, but you yeah. know, whatever. You, it's it's close as you a, can it's get. It's a movie yeah. trailer. It's a trailer. Movie trailer. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, I love it. Uh, I'm here for it. So save the cat program if you're unorganized, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trailer if you're still a child, which we are. That's so. right. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, that was it, guys. That's Attack the Block. Oswaldo, it's been fun. I always enjoy hanging out with you. That's right. And uh, we like to end this podcast with a quote. So, Oswaldo, you got a quote for us? That's aliens, bruv. Believe it. Believe it.
Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>